Hello, my name is PJ Alex, and with me is HR Paperstacks. We are your hosts for the next arbitrary block of time. Our goal is to entertain, enlighten, and examine all things dope. Each week, we're bringing you breakdowns of the hottest new music, commentary on the newest media from around the web, and the latest news from the world of tech. This is Virtual Dopeness. to episode 10 of the virtual dopeness podcast this is the decade episode the 10 the the, the 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 number 10 the one that matters why because if you make it past 10 apparently you make it exactly <laughs> i don't know if that's a rule or not but we just coined it right now there it is we made that happen so in the studio with me today not over skype not over anything else uh, uh, FaceTime, not over any of those things. Actually, sitting physically in the studio with me is the man who made his return last week, HR Paperstacks. Yo, what's good? What's good? I'm excited to be here, man. It's Welcome. cool. It's cool doing this over the over the telephone, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be real special doing it in person. The energy, the energy is is, is live. This this is going to be the start of us actually going places and doing them together. Exactly. This is this is the beginning of what could be live shows. Being here in the studio, I don't know, man. It's got me feeling charged up. There you go. <laughs> 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 Woo! And then to have you on two episodes back to back, back to back. Let's Yo! go. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get Tie it. Tie it in. All right. So everything that you guys want to know is that. We are talking about two things today, both involving the same person, and that is Mr. Philadelphia, Mr. Meat Mill. The Caps Locks rapper. <laughs> and he is, I said Mr. Philadelphia, but uh, people have problems with that. I don't give a fuck. Um, Philadelphia is my hometown. I love my city to death. And I've been watching this man Meat Mill since he was that little nigga with the nappy braids. <laughs> like... I remember seeing this dude on World Star, not World Star. It was damn pre World Star. Pre World Star. I want to say it was my space, my space, the beginnings of YouTube. Nah, me. When I saw him for the first time. Wow. And yeah, because <laughs> I saw him pre jail the first time. Because <laughs> he's done, he's done more than one stint. He's done more than one stint. He, yeah, that happened. Damn it. Well, man. but really, the second and second and or third stint were because he's still on probation from the first one. Right. Because the justice system's fucked. Gotta keep your nose clean. (laughs) Gotta keep your nose clean. So, Meek Mill has dropped dreams worth more than money, which is his second effort, his sophomore album. Um, Yeah, what was his first one? Dreams and Nightmares. Oh, okay, right, right. Dreams and Nightmares with intro was his first one. Yeah, yeah, And then... He had a gang of mixtapes. I was gonna say, because I know about his Dream Chasers mixtapes. Dream Chasers mixtapes was out there. Yeah. And... He still was banking off of those. Okay, so, bet. 
And I appreciate him for trying to bring Philly rappers along with him because he tried to bring Young Chris back. He tried. E Ness was on one of them joints. He, he, yes, he tried. Did he? Did he? Did he collab with Philadelphia Freeway? I think there is a there's a collab with Freeway somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, but Freeway has been indie and not. He has been the anti-success story to independent labels right. at yeah. the moment. I wish that he does better. I mean, we all wish he did better. Oh. If they'd have just put on a beat, who knows what would happen? Man, he could have taken over. He could have been the new hope. Not really. Wow. But, stretch. <laughs> hey, we're going we gonna to stretch for it. But anyway, uh, Dreams Worth More Than Money. Uh, highly anticipated. It dropped on June 29th, so of course we're a little bit late talking about it, but who gives a fuck? The, the album it's is still very, very, very relevant. Extremely relevant. <laughs> and it actually sold 214,000 copies, close to 215,000, its first week, which albums don't do. And I think people were happy with it until um, recently. But I, I feel like people are still happy with the yeah, album. The album is still people might not be happy with me. But it, that's another that's another story for a very soon time. Exactly. So Dreams Worth More Than Money uh, is a a fourteen track effort. Had some great features on it. Did um, it did it had some awesome features on it. <laughs> One of my favorite features. Was Drizzy Drake yes. on Rico? But that should be. I think. I think it was dope. We'll get into that later. I almost said something. I almost said something. Am bad. I doing too? Am I doing too much illusion? Should I? Should I bring it back just a little bit? No. Fuck it. All right, cool. Because I'm, I'm gonna keep drinking this Bushmills, and so whatever happens, happens. I can't really. Hey, hey, don't hold your tongue. All right. So highlights and lowlights of the album. Um. The intro. The, the intro was the actually, intro was fucking live. <laughs> this nigga is going to be known as the intro killer. Like, did he, did he, was it featuring Mozart or some shit? Like, what was that? Like, it was the, it was very dope. Um, I'm not exactly sure who even. Well, I know the producers are played Picasso and Troy Lanez, but yeah, I mean, you can't really. There's nothing really bad to say about the intro. He he did he did his thing. Um, he had a, he had a couple interesting bars there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, it's, <laughs> it it kind of reminded me of something that old school rappers used to do, where mm-hmm. the, where the intro was like kind of like the the livest track on on the joint. Like yeah. Ludacris was famous for for doing that, putting yep. like like something that hits you like straight in the mouth off the off the rip, mm-hmm. and he definitely did that. Big Have, boy, big boy is known to do that, especially with his albums. Um, the beat was ridiculous. Beat, beat Switched shows. up a couple of times. Yeah. And he just, you know, stayed right. <laughs> he stayed right there in that pocket. Exactly, and he didn't. I think that he he wanted a strong intro, but wasn't trying to create recreate intro from his last album. Right, which he won't. Nobody will be able to do that. Nah. Like that that has been called a number of times one of the most important tracks in hip hop in the last couple of years. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, other upsides. I wanted to know your opinion on classic. Cause I know your supreme hate. Yes, <laughs> of Swiss, oh, Swiss beats. beats, right? Like he's like an anti-Midas, right? Like everything, everything he touches just turns to shit. I can't lie, I actually didn't mind Swiss beats on this track. Like I was, I was really surprised. In my opinion, one of the highlights of the album. I, I really enjoyed it because the beat is dope. He's not annoying, right? And. We all know he can get there. And I think I finally let Alicia Keys go, so I feel like I can finally <laughs> let this grudge against Swizzy go. Grudge, grudge die? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, anything else that you 
really stood out to you on the album? Uh, besides besides Rico, because we can come back and talk to that again uh, a little bit later. I really think that uh, pulling up was like extremely bold and brash of him, <laughs> and a kind of a, a fuck you to Safari. And yeah. uh, I'm a, I'm honestly I'm a little bit surprised that Nicki let that fly, but you know it is what it is. I'm not because that nigga is annoying. I'm sick of I'm I don't want him like not that I don't want him to be relevant. Right. But I feel like he needs to shut the hell up, like, in regards to shit. Like, I mean, nobody wants to hear him talk, but I'm just saying, <laughs> as, as a man, I feel like that was just, like, the most grimy shit that you could do. I mean, but we've all had to, to stomp on that persistent X from time to time. Like, in But the, have we had to do that in front of, like, millions of people on wax that will be remembered forever? <laughs> like, do we have to do it like that, though? I... Like, if he went to this nigga's crib and smacked him in the mouth and said, shut the fuck up, then, yo, I'm not mad at that. But, yo, this nigga put that shit on wax, smacked this nigga, and put it on the internet. True, but once something's on the internet, it's there forever. For instance, in my more petty days in one of my past relationships, <laughs> I, our school, Morehouse, and the AUC schools were famous for having this shirt called The Apology. Right. Which was one right. of the cockiest things in the world and said a bunch of... I'm, it was. It was. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I made an entire apology note <laughs> about this dude who was continuously trying to get he he and my pre my ex now ex girl at the time right. had, had previous involvement. Yep. And so I made an apology, posted on Facebook, not friends with him, but tagged everybody we had in common as friends in the note. Yeesh. And. Sometimes niggas just need to get aired out. <laughs> and I knew he wasn't going to come smack me. Now, problem is, he's a cop now, so if I ever get pulled over and mysteriously disappear, I mean, could be him. We'll, we'll know what happens. <laughs> we, hope, we hope that it doesn't, but you know, it might happen. I feel you. Um, other highlights on the album. Uh, I, I liked I Got the Juice. Okay. Personally, I liked it. I, think, I thought it was a cool, cool song. And the lead single, I actually still rock with Check. All right. Like that, that is technically the lead single, right? Yeah. Or was it the the song with Nicki and um All Eyes on Chris Brown? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't th- I think that one got a lot of play. Right. I, but that one that was intentionally a radio song with yeah. his girl. Like I'm not mad at it. How many times was she featured on this, by the way? Twice. Twice? Yeah. That one and Bad for You? Yeah. 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 Bad I feel like they could have just stayed with Bad for You and that'd have been enough. Like yeah. that's that's enough of a of a of a, a stab <laughs> in and of itself. That yeah. like y'all like that she's pretty much publicly admitting her uh, adulterous ways. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that could have been enough, but you know. Whatever. But yeah, Appar- apparently, Philly niggas are just more gully than everybody. Else. <laughs> Philly niggas really do shoot. This has been this has been the problem with Philly rappers from the beginning. And this is why he's got to do a couple of things. I mean, exactly. This is why Beans couldn't stay out of jail because every time he would drop an album. He couldn't promote it because he'd go back to jail. Right, because, you know, Beans just go to war. That's his, that's his slogan. That's there his motto that he lives by. Beans would go to war. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what Beans would do. Right. <laughs> this nigga raise funds and goes to war. Like, um, did have some good, uh, some big Pac influences on here um, in two songs. Right. And I thought that was a highlight. And Pac is, is a rider. Pac is getting, this is the year of Pac, apparently. Right. I don't know <laughs> Just, just decided. The thing is, just like all of a sudden, just the five pops albums in a crate or something. And be like, oh, let me listen to this shit. <laughs> just because like, he's 
been dead for a long time. Exactly. So, I mean, oh, and, and technically, all eyes on you could be an illusion to... I get that. I get a little bit but, of that. hey, uh, and, and I appreciate anybody who appreciates good music. And so, even though he's a Philly nigga from the East Coast... Right. ...can still appreciate and say, hey, this nigga influenced me from, from the other coast. Yeah. And it's appreciative. And in an interview, he actually said about Future... So that that he, future is all he listens to right now, which really, is, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was it was one of the Breakfast Club interviews. He he, uh, damn, that's like the third reference to either the Breakfast Club or Charlamagne I've made this episode, and we only ten minute, eleven minutes in. It's a fucking problem. I gotta stop listening to this nigga. <laughs> or or maybe we can shape shift ass nigga. You never know. We could could we Charlamagne if you're listening, you know, come come holla. <laughs> True. Uh, all right, so. Just, just as as a general statement, are, are you happy that you went out and either listened to this album, or streamed it? Are you going to listen to the whole thing again? Are you going to? How would you? How would you just like put a nice it's, little? It's not the. It's not world changing. I'm not going to say that, but it was a pleasant surprise for me. I haven't. No offense to all those Meek fans out there. I haven't been like checking for him necessarily, so I wasn't really expecting. Something awesome, mm-hmm. but there's enough really good tracks that I would definitely recommend people go at least give it a, a listen. There's a lot of different ways that you can can hear the album: Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Music. Hop on that three month trial or whatever. Go buy it or get it through other means. I'm not exactly. advocating other means, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's and it's hard out here for a pimp. Exactly, and artists don't make money off buying their albums anyway anymore. They're making money off shows, so <laughs> that's why I have no problem. I stream this off Apple Music, and I'm enjoying the hell out of my three month trial. He's getting paid. Shout out to shout out to Taylor Swift. Shout, exactly, Taylor Swift made sure he's still getting paid. So I'm wondering what the numbers look like for right. the album when streams get added in, because yeah. I know that 214 was was. Copies sold. Just hard hard copies? Or hard copies, copies and digital copies. So I'm wondering what, what the streams look like for right. it, especially split across. I would think the streams numbers would go up now that Apple Music is in play. Right. Honestly. Yeah, so for me, this was not a sophomore slump. I feel like this was a oh, great all effort. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm going to listen to a lot of pieces of it again. Yeah. I'm going to listen to uh, definitely tracks going out. It was already on my workout playlist. Like yeah. this was, I threw it on the workout playlist, a couple of songs, and it it's just rocking. So right. I'm, 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 I'm encouraged. I would say go stream it, go listen to it, and, and enjoy it. Because this um, might be the last one y'all get. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. It you might may be. get a, you may get a third. You may not. You may just because fade off into oblivion. He might because well because trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. <laughs> And this is why you shouldn't tweet emotionally, which I, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you know I do a lot. Meek got in his feelings. I don't know what got I think it was an article or something where he got compared to Drake because he's been affectionate toward Nikki. Right. Um, I don't see the comparison. Because I don't, I don't either. I don't I, know who made that comparison. That that was a dumbass comparison because <laughs> Drake will simp and cry over a girl for weeks. This nigga just happy he's out of jail and in a exactly. relationship with a bad chick. Right. Well, Meek took to the Twitters and decided to call out young OVO, Mr. And Toronto. As far as I know, he, he said it was because Drake didn't tweet his album when it came out? Yeah, I don't know why this nigga's so emotional about this. Like, I, I mean, I understand someone's support for niggas, but... Right. Is, is Drake M, uh, MMG? 
No. I didn't think so. Not at all. He, and then, of course, the first thing that somebody tweeted back to him was him in the free meat t-shirt. Right. <laughs> like, he did support you while you was locked down, bro. He like, laced one of the hottest tracks on your album. That should be payment enough. But, <laughs> <laughs> did he write it is the question. And does that matter? That's, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. Did he write it? It doesn't matter. So, one of the big things in the Twitter rant that he put out there is that Drake does not write his own shit. Right. When he put that out there, right. OG Mako, feeling some type of way, hops in and says that, oh, finally his boy is about to get the shine and actually name the ghostwriter, Mr. Quentin Miller. Quentin Miller. Um, Quentin Miller, a rapper, part of a group. Do you remember the name? Wedding Crashers. There you go. Yeah. Uh, was no part vowels, of the though, because, you know, it's 2015 and fuck exactly. vowels. Fuck vowels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wedding Crashers, and they were affiliated. They got He got noticed and affiliated with uh, OVO and, and right. the whole Toronto-based crew and started working with them. He's credited on Drake's album. Uh, several times. Several times. And is... Known associate, they have pictures. Yep, niggas have pictures together. But apparently, he's been writing for him. So that brings into a number of different things. So first, we have we we need to talk about a couple things in this. Okay, one, Meek and Drake, the battle, what has happened yes. and where it's going. Two, Ghost Riders, do they matter? Okay, and uh, what classifies a Ghost Rider? That. Oh. So let's tackle this first. What classifies in your mind a ghostwriter? In my mind, a ghostwriter is one mm-hmm. who writes, mm-hmm. gets paid for said writing, but is completely 100% behind the scenes. It is unknown <clears throat> to the end user, mm-hmm. the end listener, that they, that they actually uh, worked on this piece of End piece of user. You can tell we some nerdy ass niggas. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, okay, so they're uncredited and unknown to the end listener. Right. Okay. In my opinion, ghostwriters still get credit. Okay. So, if I'm looking at it from the, the, the view of an author. Okay. An author has a ghostwriter. So, for instance, no, everybody knows who listens to a Corinne Stephens interview. The superhead couldn't form a, a coherent sentence if she really wanted to. Right. So, we know that she had a ghostwriter helping her, and that ghostwriter is credited in her book. But is she is she a ghostwriter or is she is she just a, a, a an co-author? Author. Yeah. Huh. That's a good question. Kind of. I mean, but Corinne Stephens still got the title headline of the book as the author of the book, right? Because Even it's her story, had, and she dictated it to somebody, and then somebody took that and wrote it better. <laughs> <laughs> better than she could. Better than she could. That that is valid, but I don't know if it if it definitely. I mean, but it's still classified as a ghostwriter. Okay. So that's why that's how I look that's at it. That's the technical term. That's the technical term and how I look at it. Okay. Now, anybody listening who's a writer and wants to completely destroy my life, go right ahead. No, nah, don't destroy his life, please. <laughs> please don't destroy when, his life. Uh, tell if me you something. Wanna, if you want to help. Uh, bring some uh, edumacation to this uh, particular situation. <laughs> Feel free to do that. Just please don't, do. Just don't try just to end nobody's. Career. Hit us. Hit us on Twitter and let me know if I'm right or wrong. And so that's where it looks to me. And because of that, I think it's still a ghostwriter. Now, with that being said, I've made the point in the last week that 
rap and kind of rock, mm-hmm. hard rock, are the only times that this matter. Yeah. Because everybody else is out here writing. Right. And writers are actually coming up. And, and I think the fact that in those other genres that it's well known that that's how it goes, people are more accepting of that. Versus hip-hop is based on this whole, like, I'm telling my story and this is... This is who I am, and I'm giving it to y'all, and it's so personal, and then the listeners get so invested in that person mm-hmm. that when you break that uh, uh, suspense of, of disbelief, that all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> you can go from the, the top of the charts to, like, literally no, no career. Exactly. If you get exposed. and But that has been changing in the rap world, and I think a pivotal moment in that is when Officer Ricky's right. pictures surfaced that he was a CO and he was not (laughs) by any means (laughs) freeway Ricky Ross (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't he wasn't moving work he was you know locking up those who were trying to move work work. exactly maybe I don't know he might have been doing security at the local mall I don't know what he he was doing necessarily but so that's I think that was a pivotal moment in the turn for this and a lot of people are saying that they don't care anymore but you can't would you say that that didn't hurt him though that, it, I feel like that hurt his career. It a hurt bit. him some, but it didn't hurt him that much. It didn't end it. It didn't end it. So, I, and that was, and there was a big thing. I can't remember when that somebody said that that Nas had people ghostwriting for him too, mm-hmm. and everybody was quick to throw that out the window. Like right. not throw it out the window, but um, I can't remember his name. It's, it's the, the albino dude. Um, oh. Uh, if you'd ask me on a different day, not on like the podcast, I would be able to answer this. For you exactly, right now. but that he, he was supposed to be the one who was helping Nas. But they even talked about it and said that Nas, it wasn't I was writing for him; it was I was giving input, I was helping. Right, and I think that is as long as now is that okay? I think that's fine. I think that's absolutely fine. Where you, if you wrote something and you're like, "Damn, can you listen to this and say, help me like craft it better?" Right. <clears throat> I think that's better than, hey, I got this hot verse. You should spit it. <laughs> <laughs> this hot verse about something I did. Right. And now it's going to be you doing it. Yes. I think that's different. So, but f- like, ghost writers are going to come up. They're come up as singers. That's how Neo came up. Right. Neo wrote one of my favorite songs ever to be performed by Mario. Let mm-hmm. Me Love You. That, and that was the reason why I picked up Neo's first album. Wow. And loved it. Right. <laughs> And then the second one was good, and then we'll talk about he's Neo not, another he's time. He's nice with the pen, though. He is. He's nice with the pen. He wrote Irresistible for Beyonce and tried to air her out. Because he was like, <laughs> she shouldn't have had a writing credit on that. But anyway, and same with uh, the the chick from Pitch Perfect that wrote S&M and a bunch of stuff for Rihanna and Umbrella. And oh, oh, oh. Um, damn. Casey said her, her name last night, and it's pissing me off. Anyway, but I think, like like you said, it's... Rap is supposed to be your personal story. Yeah. So, I think it takes some away from Drake. A little bit. He loses a little bit of his luster. Exactly. And because a lot of the things he talked about were extremely personal. Yes. Extremely personal. Now, it does make sense if you think about it. Because you're like, how was Drake on Degrassi but still in Memphis doing shit with his dad? Like, something never added up when Drake went a little too hard. Eh. So, I can see that happening. I don't think so. Here's the thing. I don't think he's always had a, a team helping him write write stuff. Um, but I feel like after a certain point, he has put out verse after verse after verse True. after verse. 
with hardly any misses. True. And it's like, that seems like really, really hard to do to have mm-hmm. that quantity of work without a little bit of help. But we could be wrong. 40 could be the trillest rapper alive and just could we just don't know it. But see, I don't I don't I guess to give my side of it, I don't think I don't think that matters that much. Mm-hmm. Um, because so the the uh the reference track from from Quentin Miller, I think it was was in Tim Bands. Mm-hmm. Tim Bands uh Funk, Funk Flex uh played that. Half like I wouldn't even say half of it, but maybe like 6 to 8 bars were like directly lifted from what he said. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is like totally different. Yeah. And so it's not like Drake can't spit. That's true. That's but true. He, he got, still has the ability to spit. Right. So he just got he just got, you know, a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And when you think about art, a lot of great artists take from other artists. That's real. You think about a guy like Kanye, mm-hmm. uh I think all of the lights had like what, some forty some odd uh Credit to people on yeah. it all day. I think has seventy something <laughs> people on it, including a reference track from Kendrick. Right. So and then Kendrick has said he wrote write wrote for a lot of people. Yeah. And we've kind of ignored it with Legends too, because mm-hmm. we know that Dre was getting written for by M and Kendrick. We know Snoop still gets verses from people. Snoop still gets verses from people, and Diddy, Diddy, Diddy's entire Diddy's a, Diddy, Diddy was never Diddy. Don't Diddy but his entire <laughs> press play album was written by other people. Yeah. So like that. Diddy's you know. solo albums are compilations. <laughs> your favorite artists. Your favorite artists all performed by. Diddy. I told you, and then there's one song that Diddy has on there that Ti wrote, and you can tell Ti wrote it because Diddy all of a sudden is rapping in a southern southern accent, right? And you're sitting there like, bro, come really? He listened to that reference track once many times <laughs> and couldn't get out of his head. Plus Ti. T.I. uses his Southern draw to, to rhyme words. Yeah. So that, that is a big part of it. Yeah, so he has to. <laughs> I also have a feeling that T.I. has a ghostwriter, but this is just a theory, and he'll probably shoot me sometime this week. Who, but I who think, wrote for him? Meek Mill? Nah, when Tiny. He, when he had na- nappy braids? Tiny. Damn. Drop a, drop a bomb on it real quick. I oh. think Tiny has written for him, and I think Tiny was writing Iggy shit. Somebody's right. No, Ti was probably writing Iggy shit. T. I think Ti and Tiny were writing Iggy shit. Probably because she ain't write a nah, damn word. Hell nah. Kendrick wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy got Iggy was so bad that she didn't even change the line and got in trouble for it from the Kendrick verse. Yeah. The the whole uh, we couldn't because we couldn't understand what the fuck she was saying. Yeah. We thought she was repeating the wild thornberries. <laughs> They, they, but you can go back and find a video with her rapping it. Oh, and yeah. I found articles after that where she had to apologize for the, I think I'm whipping you niggas, or whipping you, whipping y'all like a slave master or something was the line. Like, that yeah. was the context of the line. Yeah. And she had to apologize. And she, she figured if she just mumbled over it, nobody would understand. And yeah. to her credit, it took some, some time yeah. before people deciphered it. And I'm so mad that, uh, so mad that was the beat that Gambino did. So angry, because they because Kendrick Dre bought it from Gambino, Gambino and used it, and then they gave the verse to Iggy Dumbass. Anyway, pushing forward, I say we got we got to come back to this act, the actual conflict. Yes, the conflict. It happened. Twitter happened. Twitter happened. Twitter happened, and then it was a four day turnaround. Ooh yeah, probably four day turnaround, and Drake dropped charged up. Because Drake didn't say anything on Twitter. Not a thing. 
So, Which is uncharacteristic. Was it, was it the Hitman Hala posted a, a screenshot or something talk, talking to Drake in his DMs? Mm-hmm. Allegedly, uh, <laughs> screenshots could be faked. Yeah, I'm saying very easily. But Drake himself hadn't said anything. Mm-hmm. Out of the blue, dropped charged, charged up, up on OVO Sound on Beats One Radio. You know, what I'm saying I'm trying to get an endorsement. Just saying. Something. <laughs> Ebro, hit me up. I can, do, I can do like an hour spot. I'll let you work. Look, we could have a show. Like, this could be us. <laughs> but no, he dropped Charged Up. Charged Up, I had a, I feel like Charged Up wasn't that great. Really? I feel like it had sonic appeal where you could play it on the radio. Yeah. But I don't feel like it had any... Context, like I feel like I don't feel like it was like hard shots. It wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't hard shots. He was. So I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to take credit for this metaphor because I definitely didn't come up with it. But he definitely was like Mayweather. He wasn't Mike Tyson throwing haymakers, <laughs> but he was Mayweather hitting them with jabs and ducking out of the way. Yeah. And it did. It did what it needed to. That won him around. Yeah. That's all. It, that's all it did was win him around. Mm-hmm. Uh. Continue. Then, the next day, <laughs> he two let days. that two days. He let it marinate for two days. No, was it four? No, it was oh. four days. In between? Yeah, because then because he dropped it on the weekend. He did, and then dropped. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. And then dropped oh, back to back. Uh, early, early Wednesday morning. Early Wednesday morning, dropped back to back, and that was the. That was the shotgun blast. That was. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun, son. I'm jumping the gun, son. Mm-hmm. Because Meek was supposed to have dropped something on Funkmaster Flex. Yes. Was it the night before? Two nights before. Yes. And. And swinging a miss. Complete. Didn't. Just stood there at the plate looking at the ball go through the strike zone. <laughs> and. And Funk's, Funkmaster Flex came on and. Hype the shit out of this. Now, if he does, I, I was in Florida listening to the stream Flex. of a Flex, oh, waiting on this out, waiting on this verse from like, like with everybody else on Twitter, and it never came. It never came. It never came. It, it, it Flex hyped it for three hours on his show. Right. Played the same four songs apparently over and over again. Oh, God. <laughs> if I never hear classic man again. <laughs> Or, oh, excuse me, or Trap Queen again. <laughs> Look, I, I, and then the next day speculation started. Yeah. People came to Flex's aid and said, oh, well, he was told he was going to get it and they never sent it. Well, I mean, that's not, you, you can't hold Flex accountable for that. But You can't, but at the same time. I'm still mad. <laughs> we're still I'm mad and Flex didn't get it. Flex with the pump fake has happened before. Yeah. So this just looks like a pattern of fuckery. Yep. And with his fuckery involved, then it lost a lot of credit. It also built more anticipation for Meek, which I think came back to haunt him. I, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that. Because when he finally did respond, mm. there was a lot more expectation there because yes. he had let us down once before already. Exactly. And with, and and so... If you, in, a, in a sense, you could say he's already down 2-0 at this point mm-hmm. because of that. And he mm-hmm. hasn't responded yet. He's down and back-to-back was very directed. Back-to-back really had the lines in it. Right. And the only card that Drake hasn't really played yet is if Drake actually knocked off Nikki. 
He hasn't. And even if he I don't did, think he has either. I haven't had this conversation. Even if he did, argument. even if he did, I don't think he would. Out of respect for Nikki, because he don't he don't have beef with Nikki. He has beef with me. Meek. And so he don't want to drag. He's not dragging people into it that don't need to be dragged into it. Meek, on the other hand, says, "Fuck it. If I can get a shot, it don't matter how. Yeah, I'm bringing him into it. Yes, and that's what he did because in Meek's track." You had to go research half the stuff he so was what, talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, so to, to give the listeners a, a little bit more context, what was the name of the, of the, of the track? Uh, want, want to Know? Want to right? Know. Because he, yeah. he says that a bunch of times. Yes. He turned was... on Caps Lock and said Want to Know <laughs> like 12 times in the song. He, he put on Want to Know. I Want to Know! <laughs> I guess. And in it, he drops the reference track for Running Through the Six right. with My Woes. Now... A lot of people are making an argument that if it's the hook, why then it's not really ghostwriting because everybody shares hooks. Yes, yeah, yeah. Nobody, I'm, nobody's tripping off of somebody no, else writing a hook. No, not at all. Um, that's how Drake came up. Right. Honestly, he was on Wayne put him on every hook. And now, made, I, th- I think I think the point Meek was trying to trying to make is that Quentin Miller from Atlanta mm-hmm. is writing a hook about Toronto. Yeah. And so you know, there's that. There's that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care that much. True. And then there's a lot of subliminal slash randomness that yeah. you had to actually go look up. Right. After you looked all that shit up, the next day, <laughs> it made the track better. I will say on the, the the third or fourth listen, and this was something that our homie Doug actually posted. Right. That it actually was a more solid track once you understood everything. Including a line about Drake getting pissed on. See, I don't think so because <laughs> what what I heard from that story was that it was a it was an accident. It wasn't like it wasn't like R. Kelly peeing on niggas. It was they were out they were they were at some like crowded ass theater. Mm-hmm. The bathrooms were crowded, so people went outside to to take a leak. And homeboy was like drunk off his ass and splashed a little bit on Drake. Now I'm not saying that that ain't gross as shit, <laughs> but apparently the homie apologized. Like it's been. Cleared up. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't an act of disrespect, and so True. I don't understand what Drake is supposed to do about that. He was a he was an innocent bystander. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't. True. He wasn't out there. It wasn't. The it wasn't. Song. Yeah. It wasn't like somebody was sitting there and and just over his shoulder in the movie theater. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> and so to me, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Exactly. So I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like this nigga still got contacted by somebody else's another man's piss. But, the, but I guess, like, how is that How is that a slight against Drake? How is that not a slight against his homeboy who can't pee straight? Because his homeboy's still alive. <laughs> I would have, that nigga would have to at least catch, like, so one if somebody quick acci- if somebody accidentally peed on you, not, not saying somebody you know, but a random dude on the street accidentally peed on you in a public place, you're automatically going to kill him? Not kill him, but he going to have to catch something. He got confronted. And yeah, like he it was known that yo, like this ain't cool. Yeah, and dude said, "Yo, my bad." Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Cause that's just like the people. Like you've seen the 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 Vine prank where the dude comes with the bottle yeah. of like, Gatorade and, right. and splashes it under the stall. Yeah, one dude almost came over the stall. Well, tried to come over the stall and slipped on the ground. That was funny as fuck. Yeah, but he was still about to catch hands. He <laughs> he was gonna catch some type of hands. I, I digress. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think how Drake handled that was like a bitch. It wasn't a bitch move, but at the same time, it does. I mean, when you're trying to get at somebody, that's but that's you, you take all the shots you he can. takes. He takes low blows. That's not really like true. That value. So, he's like, I'm just gonna 
take whatever shot I So am I missing anything out of that track? Like, because there wasn't... To me, that was the only two points. That was, was the Quentin Miller reference track. Mm-hmm. And his homeboy, or him getting And beat he kind of, he, he supposedly, he said that they paid off Chris Brown or to, to end the beef. Okay. That was the other thing, and I could see that as kind of a bitch move. Like, you're going to pay off another dude that you exchanged bottle throws with? Was it, was that him? Yeah. 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 Exchanged bottle no, throws. throwing bottles in the club. That, that was a bitch move to begin with. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, I could kind of see that, but Meek has to hit back. That's fair. To me, and then, like, you can take back-to-back compared with 1-0, I still feel like Drake's up 3-0 right now. 3-0 or 2-0? 3-0 because his absence from Fuck Master Flex cost him a second round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just take that one. That's real. And I feel like it would be much more of an even battle if, and a lot of people have said this, if 1-0 come, came out after Charged Up. Yeah. I feel like it would have been like, okay, it's 1-1 one, one now, and then right. back-to-back would have came through, and we'd be waiting I, That's why I love this battle. Is because of how like how it's played out. It's been a long time since we got something like this. Exactly. Like this is this takes me back to Jay Z and Nas. And honestly, like mm-hmm. people probably gonna like roast me for this. I feel like this might be a little bit bigger than Jay Z and Nas, only because it happens when social media exists. Exactly. And so literally everyone is talking, talking about it. Everyone. From damn Whataburger. <laughs> The mayor of Toronto. I was like, yo. It's too much. The mayor of Toronto got pulled into a rap battle. Like <laughs> hip hop is international. Exactly. <laughs> like it's 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 insane the amount has gotten poured into this. The number of memes have provided hours of entertainment. <laughs> the one meme that Meek put up with the ghost. With the ghost owl? The, the ghost owl yeah. was better than the track. I feel like that was better. It's brought random people fame where the, the one chick who claims to be Meek's sister put out the... Oh, the, she the, was spitting bars. Killed it. And the person who's lost in the fray. Did you ever listen to uh, Safari's? No. No, Free, uh, freestyle? No, I did not. Dog, there was some. Sus- I saw Safari thing. a while and out, and now so like that's the I'm <laughs> ever gonna listen. To I will say, I listened to his track, and it had some of the most questionable lines because <laughs> he was trying to say that Meek had a small dick, and called and but the way he did it was he called it cute. Nah, and dude. you can't call another man's penis cute. Mm-mm. Man. At all. That's guy, all violation. Guy code, code man law. Guy code violation. All of it. And I was like, you put this down and your friends let you release this? Right? Yo, that's something's wrong with his team. Something's wrong. Does he have a team? Nah. I totally know. <laughs> I would have sided with Nicky. Right. Like, <laughs> like, nigga, we've known each other since high school. Just like nobody went with Dame Dash. Nobody Looking at those Safari. titties, though. Like... <laughs> Titties in that four hundred million or whatever seventy million, whatever she's worth, Bruh. Probably like, more than Meek. Ooh, oh. shots fired, bang bang. <laughs> but understand, Nikki. Nikki went pop, so it's a little tough to. You can't fight pop money, bro. You can't because it's like, what's Rihanna worth? Rihanna's worth something retarded. <laughs> and she's still and she's still crying about not getting paid. Not getting paid, <laughs> and just and hasn't released anything in a year almost. What's the last Rihanna record that came out? I mean, uh, BB, I BBHMM. 
is, you're right. is like pretty recent. You you right. It's rocking pretty hard. I actually put that on my my playlist. Uh, uh So I just don't I I'm I'm just kinda lost in the sauce where but but you can't fight pop money. You can't. So what's the next step? I don't know. See, and so this is this is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Shots have been fired. Drake mm-hmm. Drake has said enough. Meek has said something. So technically, it could end right here, and people would have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard at least one more salvo fired from one side or the other. I think Meek should come back with something. Meek needs another one? Meek needs another one. And he needs one where he raps like he is known to rap. He is a rapper. So that's the thing I'm confused with is he goes so hard on his album and then Wanna Know was like a whole hell of a lot of filler. A whole hell of a lot of filler and a whole hell of a lot of random like one liner. He kind of, he played Drake's game. Yeah. And you can't play another person's game expecting to play up to your game. Right. So I think that's the next step is Mika's got to put out something substantial, and then from there, who knows what happens? Like they yeah. just might not talk ever again. This has bridged a relationship between the fifth reference between <laughs> Drake and Charlemagne, because <laughs> Drake literally sent this dude six bottles and then said uh, with a card that said "Let's be friends." <laughs> Dead serious. Six bottles of Dom Perignon. Awesome. So. With all of that being said, this is I been, think this is gonna be good for this will probably be good for Meek, in the sense that it's kept him kept him and his project mm-hmm. relevant for a lot longer than it probably would have been otherwise. Yeah, because we, everybody is ADD now. Um, in the long run, though, this might this might be curtains, yo. <laughs> I don't Drake's, think was, Drake's kind of undefeated when it comes to rap beef. <sighs> this nigga might be the most singing ass in his feelings ass nigga ever, but <laughs> when it comes to the rap shit, like ain't nobody really fucking with him. So and. Except for Kendrick, and he ain't stupid enough to go. No, he ain't dumb enough to go to Kendrick. Kendrick. He ain't dumb enough to come at certain people. Kendrick, Slaughterhouse, even though I think Buttons, Buttons been pissing me off lately. He been rapping like loving hip hop. I think there's like a mutual respect there though between those guys. I think so. It's like it's like all the world's superpowers having nuclear bombs like pointed at each other, and it's like <laughs> mutually, we could fire these off, but it would just like kill mutually, the whole thing. Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and this just once again adds to 2015 being an amazing year in rap. Amazing, year in rap. <laughs> amazing year in rap with still plenty to go. Can't wait to see what's like what's next. Ooh, still waiting on a lot. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that that is our music section for this week, and. uh we got a uh, we we got one more section, one or two more sections. We'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll it see, out. We'll see. See where it out. <laughs> but we got to go talk to one of our sponsors. We got to pay these bills. This week's episode of Virtual Dumbness is brought to you by PSA. Crack is indeed still whack. Windows 10 is the only platform that enables innovation across this broad family of devices. We were inspired to bring more personal computing to the home and the workplace to enable our customers to do great things. And that was a word from our sponsor and a little announcement about our tech topic of the day, which is Windows 10. 10. 10. Two times five. Two times five. He got 10 fingers up if y'all was in the studio. Y'all could see him. It would make more sense. 
Then yes. just repeating the word 10 over and over again. Yes. And if anybody actually caught that as a Varsity Blues reference, then you're fucking awesome. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess I lost an awesome point. Damn it. <laughs> no, I make movie references all the time nobody gets. Especially to Euro Trip. I make a lot of those and nobody Yeah, nobody would get that. Anyway, we're here to talk about Windows 10, which is the next iteration in a huge iteration for the Windows platform. It's really big. Huge. And I'm going to let HR Paperstacks take this and explain to you why this is important to not just Windows, not just Microsoft, but to all platforms across yeah. the trying, landscape. I feel, like, I feel like it's, it's Microsoft really trying to be disruptive. In terms of the in terms of the tech landscape, uh, when Windows 10 has uh, already been built by Microsoft as the last version of Windows, um, I feel like that means that they're going to start moving to a more Apple style um, business model where they release, I think OS X is that how you pronounce it or OS 10? Been going, rocking for I don't know how long, but they keep doing um, yearly kind of marginal updates to it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of refines itself and gets better and better over time rather mm-hmm. than doing like big iterations every two to five years mm-hmm. uh, released on Jan- or July 29th uh, big thing is free for all uh, Windows 7 and 8 and 8.1 uh, users with the exception of those people that uh, procured their copies of Windows through less than uh, legitimate <laughs> means <laughs> um, and probably the, the, the single biggest thing is uh Windows 10 is de- designed to run on a multitude of devices. Uh, Apple's c- tried to do this a little bit with their uh, universal apps that run on both iPad and, and iPhone and starting to get into it a little bit more with continuity uh, where they have apps that run on uh, iPad and then can hand off to a, a desktop Mac or a laptop Mac running OS X. Windows 10, uh, the actual operating system is designed to run across phones and uh, tablets and compute and desktops and laptops and even the Xbox. And so hopefully what they're trying to do is to bring the developers back. Windows has always had the uh, best in class uh, development tools. And so a lot of developers flock to Windows for that. And mm-hmm. obviously it's everywhere. Like the business world runs on, on Windows. Yeah. But they haven't done so well in mobile. And mm-hmm. so this play kind of helps them get back into mobile, hopefully. It's if kind people... of an understatement. Not done so well in mobile. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're the number three phone maker. Or, uh, they're the number three uh, mobile operating system behind Apple and Android. It just so happens that... Apple has 50% and Android has 49.5% and Microsoft has 0.5%. But they're in third place nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, but uh, the idea is that developers will be able to develop for Windows proper Mm -hmm. and then use that same code and automatically have a phone app and automatically have a tablet app. And so I think that could be really huge for Microsoft. I 100% agree that it could be really huge because one of the things that attracts Apple people to the Apple universe is not just the fact that their devices are stylish and cool and have been made cool, Mm -hmm. um, but also it's really easy. The more Mac products you have to to have Mm -hmm. access to all your stuff and be able to to access it the same way because the first time you're able to... One of the things that I love is... Okay, I'm super lazy. So, (laughs) my text messages come to my phone and my computer. Right. 
And it's something as simple as that mm-hmm. where you can respond to a text and it's the same way as if you were to respond it from your phone, from your computer. Right. Or if I'm looking at a web page on my phone and I'm like, I really want to see this, I can pop my laptop open and it's already a little icon there that says click this and it pops that web page you were looking at on your phone yep. up. And that whole integration where you don't have to think about anything and it's just, it's there and you can pick up anywhere you left off. Mm-hmm. Another one is the Apple playlist. Um, if you're listening to one of the Apple music playlists in on your phone and then you go into your car or go to your computer in your house and you click on that same playlist, it'll ask you, do you want to start where you left off? Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know you do that. Hell, I didn't know it happened until and so I started using it for real. And <clears throat> when I was really trying to get into that, Windows didn't have that. It felt disjointed. Yeah. And if you can share that information, if you can have something, and especially with, like you said, in the business world, because mm-hmm. like I have a, I have a number of people who have told me that they love their service because they'll have a PowerPoint presentation. They'll have something like that that they can use and on their tablet and then automatically go up to their computer and it's exact it'll look exactly the same. Yep. It won't be a version right and you won't have font issues and and it'll be just there for you. Yep. So I think this is a huge step for Windows. Right. And I really am happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um I need to get my hands on it. Now I'm just at the the vantage point in my life where all my stuff is all my stuff is Mac running right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like um, my my desktop, which I edit our lovely podcast on, <laughs> and the laptop that I have both happen to be iMacs, um, iMac and an iBook, and I have an iPhone. And but I, I was the Windows champ, like you. You yep. held out longer than me, but I was yeah, the I, Windows I, I, champion. I actually bought a, a Windows phone. Yeah, when it first, when it first came out, that Windows Seven phone. Yeah. It wasn't the this, I, I was disappointed. Man. It, it looked it looked amazing, mm-hmm. and it was really good at what it did. And it had that in, that level of integration with Microsoft services, where mm-hmm. I could go from my phone to my desktop, uh, back to my phone, like rather seamlessly. Obviously, it wasn't to the point where we're at today, mm-hmm. like what six years later. But it was it was good, and I feel like that's what Microsoft wants to get back. Um, ever since the new CEO took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's his name? S- uh, Sadea? S- yeah, something S- like that. I... My, my apologies, but you know. The mic- the new Microsoft CEO. He's uh, he's taking a different approach than uh, Steve Ballmer has, in my opinion. He wants to get Satea Nadella. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he's taking a different approach where he wants Microsoft services running on every device. And mm-hmm. get that out the way first. And so you've seen uh, Office apps that were rumored to be in development for iPhone and Android that were on hold for forever. They took longer than Detox to come out. When he took over, all of a sudden those apps were released. And so now you can use Microsoft services almost everywhere. But there's still that missing piece of being able to work from this device to that device to this device to that device. And actually having them all run the same OS should, in theory, make that... Super easy to super easy to do. Super easy, and that was one of the things that you had always complained about is when new apps came out. There was the the there was the iOS Android delay where it would be yep. like oh maybe a month. Yep. Or if it came out on Android first, it would take maybe a month to get to to iOS. Yep. Windows ten, it was like 
years. <laughs> I, I think the big one was like Group Me Insta- took forever. I don't know if Instagram, Instagram even has like a, a, a native Windows app. It, it, yeah, and it's just I think this is a big step to bring those back. That that's probably one of the biggest advantages that iOS still has mm-hmm. is there's a developer there's best in class developer support in Apple's ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would argue that the base operating system or, or the base user experience for an iPhone versus Android versus Windows Phone is pretty close to um, parity at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really that whole like reliability advantage that they used to have where iPhones were more reliable than Android. That's kind of uh, disappeared too. So now it's really the the third party developers that's really set apart iOS from Android. You still get the best quality apps on on iOS. You still get the apps first on iOS. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, one of the other big things that Microsoft is doing is they're allowing you to take, I think it's the native iOS and Android code, mm-hmm. and without changing anything, just recompile it, and it'll automatically work on Windows. Which is big. Yeah. And especially big because now the next thing, and, and this is something that Apple did, and we talked about um with uh, Styles when he was here was the fact that they made Swift mm-hmm. Apple's opera Apple's coding language yeah. open, source. open source. So this will just add another layer of compatibility across the spectrum where it'll be easier for developers yeah. to give you the apps that you need. Yep. So like if I, if I can code it once instead of coding it four times, exactly, then it'll make everyone's life a lot easier, yep. and the consumers will have much more of a seamless interaction with our products. Because it's like, a number of times I've had people ask me, hey, how do you do this with this app? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you change, simple things like, group me, I'm coming back to again. How do you, how do I change my avatar? And I had to talk them through it. If it's an Android phone, it looked different. Yep. Things like that would seem small, would seem small, but are really big annoyances to people. Yep. If you can do it on one, but now if you can do it on one device, it makes it much easier to switch to another platform. Right. Right. So some of the features and things inside Windows 10, of course, advanced as well. Um, they've done more to fix their menuing system because that was one of the big complaints in start, 7 and 8. Start menus back. Start um, menus back. The, the big start page that yeah. they tried to transition to in Windows 8, which I think was awesome for touch-enabled uh, yes. devices and terrible for <laughs> keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Uh, they kind of did like a hybrid where that's mm-hmm. part of the start menu. And then if you're in tablet mode, I think it takes over the, the full screen. I think that mm-hmm. things like that are, are really smart. Um, Windows 10 definitely continues the pattern of good Windows, bad Windows, good Windows, bad Windows. <laughs> for those keeping score, Windows 8 was bad Windows. <laughs> Windows 10, for all intents and purposes, seems like it's getting back to good Windows, yeah. which is good for Microsoft, which in the end of the day, whether you're a Microsoft guy or an Apple guy or an Android guy or a Linux guy, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably still some of those out there. Yeah. It's it's good for those people, too, because <laughs> competition breeds the best for the, for the end consumer. Exactly. And then another thing with it is um, a lot of people are hybrid users because, like you said, business runs on Windows. Biz- business for no doubt runs on Windows. Runs on Windows. And and if you're a business running Windows, a lot of people are Apple people at home and yep. Windows people at work. Yep. I, for the longest, had my only Windows running PC was my work laptop. Yep. And um, that was how we did it. And I actually had a cool in-depth conversation 
with one of our the guys at the company I previously worked at that said that they were really excited about a lot of the Windows 10 features mm-hmm. that they could they would be able to put things in the cloud easier mm-hmm. and you'd have the ability to to access all your documents and things seamlessly across the cloud without using a bunch of stuff and the cloud for people who who are maybe not as tech related it's literally storage off-site of your computer that you use the internet to hook up to. Yep. That's what the cloud is. And I know there's there's been a ton of jokes about what the fuck is the cloud. <laughs> there was a big there was a really good one in the movie um Sex Tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but um another thing that they're talking about is Windows 10 is going to have the ability and this is just something I read up on because it's really cool to start with the the actually pr- projected hologram Oh, HoloLens. HoloLens yeah. ability and really get you to the... We're starting to, to actually get to the Minority Report Yep. <laughs> big screen you look at and manipulate with your hands, which yeah. Microsoft did a lot with in their Xbox platform, with yep. their the, the Kinect platform, where it wasn't tracking a device or wasn't like the PlayStation was, where it was that big random flashlight bulb looking thing. Yep. The wand. It was yeah, the wand. It was actually tracking your hand and tracking your movements and recognizing facial recognition. Windows 10 another thing, it doesn't have a well it still has fingerprint reader technology, but it also have a face recognition lock. You sit down at your computer and it will recognize you and unlock yeah. and you can start using it without typing in a password or anything like that. Which is if they figure out how to trick people's faces then we really are in another level of movie technology. Generally, generally speaking, when you have security, mm-hmm. it's like diametrically opposed <laughs> to convenience. And features like that make it so that you have security without any extra work yes. on, on the user's part. Which is tough. Yeah. <laughs> it really is tough because nobody wants to remember the... Because we've gone to password insane. Yeah. Like, you having to change a... 10-digit password with letters, numbers, and characters yep. every 90 days is brain taxing. I actually had to download an app to keep them all in, in line. Yeah, because you won't remember them all. No I way. use iterations. I use. I try to use iterations of the same several passwords, but it, it's just you, you never get them all. So um, I think Windows 10, just to, just to kind of tie it all up, Windows 10 is a big step forward. I'm excited to go use it. I might have to grab... I'm, I'm an Xbox user, mm-hmm. so I want integration with my Xbox, especially because the main thing I use my Xbox for now, I don't game as much... Well, recently I do. But <laughs> I, I want to be able to have that media transfer stuff over because yep. I watch a ton of movies and television shows. I'm excited for it. I want to use it. I plan on having a Xbox One Sooner than later. Yep. I want to have that integration ability. Yep. So, tied up. I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Me too. I, I probably won't use it as my daily driver yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, people have a full year from uh, the 29th to actually upgrade if they're one of those users who are eligible for a free upgrade. Mm-hmm. So, I'll probably be waiting a few months or so until there's like a, a few bug fixes out there. Because with any brand new software, there's always going to be issues and, and glitches and stuff. And sometimes it's cool to be on the cutting edge, but right now I don't I don't need to be. Yeah. But um, some of the new features and, and what that means for the computing world in general, I'm really excited about. Exactly. And that's so I think that is, that is an awesome thing. Um, we have some cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to get back, but th- this has been our Windows 10 review. And the last thing I want to shout out, 
is kind of a callback to us talking about wearable technology a number of times. Y'all know that's my my deep dark fetishes. I love wearable technology. Um, article came out this week about a new Google Glass. So we aren't going to talk about it this week. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I just want to make mention of it. And um, so thank y'all for listening. This has been our tech segment. Go cop that Windows 10 and tell us what you think. It's free. It's free. There's no reason not to. Exactly. Go grab it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is episode 10 of the Virtual Dopeness Podcast. We thank you for listening. Uh, I am on the road again. Uh, <laughs> so that's why the uh, changing quality right there. But um, I just wanted to say to you guys, quick outro on this one. I uh, hope you really enjoyed the show. It was exciting to have HR Paper Stacks in the studio with me. Hopefully we can get in the same location a couple of times more soon. Um, not a whole lot to, to preach on this week. I think I did a good job of that last week. But I just wanted to say to you guys, go out, love somebody. Enjoy your life. I'm on the road because I'm at a one of my closest high school friends' wedding. He married a great girl, a great woman. And I love both of them to death and wish them the best. Earl and Ashley, do y'all thing. And we all hope for the best for you. So that's just two other members of the Virtual Dubness family because they're part of my family. They're like family to me. And you guys are like my family too. So if you have any special shout outs that you want, <laughs> uh, go ahead, throw them to us. VirtualDopeness at gmail.com, at VirtualDopeness on Twitter, at VirtualDopeness on Instagram. There's some great pictures and stuff up there right now. Uh, go ahead, Facebook.com slash VirtualDopeness. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. We look forward to everything. And as always, tell a friend to tell a friend first and foremost about virtual dopeness because we're here, baby. And as always, be virtual and live dope.